1: To another episode of Bulls HQ, a Chicago Bulls podcast on the Blue Eyes Sports Podcasting Network. We are brought to you today by Bet Online. Thank you to them for sponsoring the show, and thank you to you for joining us on this episode of the show today. We hope you are keeping safe out there during these odd times. We are living through. I hope this. I hope everyone listening to the show is safe, healthy, and sticking to all the protocols. And we here at Bulls HQ are certainly thinking about you guys and girls. And we hope you and your families are all good, considering all things at the moment. And hopefully, this podcast today can serve as a little distraction from reality and I hope it does because we've got a quality of the show lined up for you today that is because we have actual basketball news to talk about finally and for us it's good news for our Chicago Bulls and it's possibly the biggest storyline the franchise has had over the last five years you all know by now what I'm referring to I'm sure I'm of course talking about the Bulls replacing John Paxton with Denver Nuggets general manager Arturis Karnasovas kind of Fred and I are here to take you through it all, so let's welcome in the old Frella. Fred, how are you, sir?
2: Oh, living the dream, man. What a day uh, as we close the book on one uh, legendary GM. Let's, let's open it up for a new VP of operations. I'm looking so forward to talking about uh, AK for the sevens.
1: <laughs> most definitely. I'm, I'm I'm super excited to be having this conversation. And Fred, I'm, I'm glad to say that we're not alone in doing this today. And look, it makes sense for us to bring someone else to talk about kind of service because I think we are experts about the Bulls. We watch every Bulls game. We follow all Bulls stories. We have a periphery view on a lot of teams around the NBA, but we most certainly are not experts on kind of service, the Denver Nuggets, all that sort of stuff. But someone who most certainly is, is TJ McBride. He's a Nuggets beat writer for mild high sports in Denver. He also happens to host the Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast, the Denver Nuggets podcast that is part of the Blue Wire family. So let's welcome in TJ McBride. He joins the show now. TJ, how are you, mate?
0: I'm doing well. Thank you guys for helping me break away from my insanity of just staring at the gray color of my wall. And it's good (laughs) to talk about some basketball again.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, firstly, before we get into this, the whole kind of service topic, because I'm sure we've got plenty to discuss there, but how, how are you holding up, mate? How's, uh, how's the lockdown going for you? How's it, how's it all, how's it all been for you? Are you hanging in there?
0: It's been all right. My mom's actually a nurse in Denver on the COVID-19 floor. So hearing about a lot no. of the things that are happening going on has been, um, it's been wild to see it all. But overall, you know, the, these healthcare workers are heroes. So we're thankful for every single one of them that are doing everything to keep us healthy throughout the days. But other than that, man, it could be a lot worse. I've got my coffee, I've got my computer, and I'm able to do what I need to do. So I'm happy to be able to continue on my basketball path
1: perfect mate. Well, shout out to your mom and again, that's a good message. Shout out to all the people Amen. that are the working on the front lines. They they truly are heroes and um yeah, just much much respect to them. And what we are talking about today pales in significance, but um yeah, they are the work that they are doing is just yeah, unfathomable. But uh we are here unfortunately, or well, fortunately, I guess. We we aren't that talented, we aren't that important. We are here to talk about basketball and I'm excited to do so because I've been excited as a Bulls fan for, about something like this for a long, long time. And I'm glad you're here, TJ, to help us talk about Arturis Karnasovas, who, who I mentioned as before, has been hired by the Chicago Bulls. They went through their recruiting process pretty damn quickly to the point where they got to Karnasovas very quickly. It emerged very quickly that he was going to be the leading candidate. And lo and behold, within a few days, he gets the job. So I want to talk to you about Karnasovas more generally. And I think we should probably start in, in terms of informing our listeners who may, be not, who may not be super super familiar with who he is as a person about just just who he is i've read that he is a stoic cool head kind of guy someone who remains in the background more so than has uh, done more of the media stuff maybe that's more to do with his role in the past but i've also read that he's into mma and he also listens to edm so not to mention that he's he's a european uh, born former player so are you able to give us some insights into who kind of service is as a person before we move into you know all the moves that he's made as a, as a general manager
0: Yeah, I don't know if you guys saw the whole most interesting man in the world commercials, but like he embodies a lot of that kind of charisma. Like he doesn't need to speak to kind of garner the respect of everybody around him. And one thing that I think radiates about who he is is one time Tim Connolly told me just kind of, you know, out of nowhere, out of the blue, that there's nobody in any gym in the world who can walk in no matter where it is and be as respected as Arturis Karnasovis. He has touched every corner of basketball globally. He's played for France. France, Spain, Italy, um, and Greece. He's Lithuanian, played for their national team in the Olympics and in Eurobasket. He's worked for the league office. He directed Adidas Eurocamp before it got shut down. That is now the NBA's, inter, you know, International Develop League thing in Treviso, Italy. He has just done so much in basketball that he is that kind of personality, a basketball lifer that commands respect that people know who are in this environment. When you get a call from Arturis, you don't kind of like joke and expect for whatever banter might be coming you know this is business you know that he has a plan there is a reason he calls you and there's only so many amount of words he is going to say to get his point across but there's a lot of power in that there's something stable and grounding about that kind of personality leading an NBA team like this and that's why in my opinion when you look at the person that Arturis is he's the perfect kind of individual to bring their to bring the Bulls into the next generation he's seen how to rebuild a team from the ground up he knows how to connect with players he knows how to build a roster using the draft using free agency using the trade market using the international sc- scouting circuit to bring guys over as undrafted free agents he is hyper intelligent but again you're right he's stoic he's um, almost robotic in the way he goes about things he's intimidating to a lot of people because he doesn't speak unless he needs to uh, but at the same time he once told me that his favorite kind of music is pop music so like EDM side he also was like dancing to pop music to calm down after nuggets games so he is one of the most unique versatile individuals i've ever come across someone who knows everybody in basketball and because of that i can't think of somebody more equipped for this kind of a job than him
2: all right great stuff there i gotta ask you could you bring some solace to bulls nation uh with with a little bit of insight on his philosophy as far as head coaches because there are some concerned uh very few that he would uh, continue on with the meathead that we currently have as a uh, head coach for the beloved
0: <laughs> <ball>. <laughs> So one of my favorite things about Arturas is, of course, Michael Malone has done a wonderful job. He Michael Malone still was not progressive enough for the mindset and the schemes that Arturas had in his head. I'm not going to say there was any kind of butting heads against it, but there were some philosophical differences. And Michael Malone is not known as an archaic coach in this version of the NBA. So just that alone, I don't think Jim Boylan fits what he wants to do. I don't think there's any reality in which they go into next season with Boylan as the head coach. That would be extremely surprising for me going forward. He's an extremely analytically forward um, kind of thought process to how he builds his teams. I mean, look at what the Nuggets have done. They have built around fundamentals. They have built around passing. They have built around an altruistic style of play and a bunch of high IQ, high character guys who work well together on and off the court. When's the last time have you been able to say that about the Chicago Bulls? And that's the kind of you know culture that he is going to establish and he will not stop and will not you know stop you know pushing for exactly that until he gets it he is one of the most relentless people i've met as well so when i look at the way the bulls are currently constructed i'm so excited to see what a wendell carter Larry marken and front court looks with an actual analytical mindset at the helm of the organization i really really am and hopefully this takes the bulls into a much better position
1: i mean that that is that is music to my ears and i look what you described in terms of how kind maybe wants the bulls to play is conducive to what the modern NBA game is. And is also conducive to how European basketball has been played for a long time, which makes sense given, given his background in playing in Europe for, for how many years for, for quite a, for quite some time. So that all makes sense. And, in in trying to learn more about Karner's I've been listening to the Woj Pod that he did uh, maybe a year or two ago. I've been listening back to uh, the Chris Mannix podcast he's been doing, and, and everything you hear, the way he sort of puts forward his message or his view of basketball is everything what you outlined there. And Just reading up on the guy, all you literally hear about this guy is just good things. And I know that's common during this time when a guy gets hired, the praise is literally flying around from all angles. But from Daryl Morey to Tim Connolly, even reporters like Woj, who is well connected, who he's well connected to, the praise has been effusive. And I mean, what you've sort of alluded as to why that is, but how real is that? Because it just, I'm overwhelmed at the moment as to how, how good this guy appears to be.
0: It's funny because when you see, like, basketball fans in media, when they see Shaq or people like that, those kinds of personalities, there is still, like, a moment of being a fan. Even though you're not and you're professional and you're doing what you need to do, it's hard to kind of hold back those emotions because you love basketball so much. That's what he does for basketball people, for people who work in these leagues. When they see Arturis, they remember the individual who helped the Lithuanian national team completely end that USA team in the Olympics. They see the individual who had to be interviewed by the KGB to even play college basketball in America. And then after not even getting an NBA opportunity, Witten played in all four corners of the world. Again, the gravity of his presence is something that is... It cannot go understated for this conversation because fans may not see it. Some younger individuals who have not been able to see this person for what he has been able to do might not realize it. But the people who have been around the league, there is a you know a magnifying effect to when you talk to Arturis. And that's going to be so important because in the Vincent Goodwill article with that, when he reported about the fact that they were looking at him as the leading candidate before hiring him, they specify that they wanted a public figure who can be able to take over that Role because the Reisdorfs do not want to take over that role. Again, he might not be long winded, but that kind of respect will go so far in that regard. And then when it comes to the whole kind of being a joke from time to time, like the Chicago Bulls have been, there will be no joking with Arturus Karnasovic when you're talking about free agency, when you're talking about draft conversations, when you're talking about trade possibilities. There will be nothing but professionalism and a business like approach. And those, again, are the kind of things that players are gravitated towards, that front office members are gravitated towards, that scouts are, that player development coaches are, that people from Patrick Beverly to Daryl Morey to Adrian Wojnarowski can all have that level of respect for him. So I think that that is going to be one of the most important parts of what he brings to that organization, is that ability to command respect and show that this is not just a joke, that we are absolutely here to win basketball games, and that they are going to do everything
2: they can in that pursuit all the way through. So, TJ, it's always hard, I think, for people on the outside to understand where the delineation is in the decision-making process between the GM and the VP of operations. So, for example, in Chicago, Fred Hoiberg hire here was a Gar Foreman move. You know, what was the difference in Denver between Tim Conley and Karnasovas, and what was the best Nuggets move that was truly uh, you know, AK for the seven, or can you? Can you? Or can you even determine that? Or did, did they work together more in you know t- really in conjunction or w- were there some moves that you could say this is all this is all you know Car-
0: Well, to answer the latter part of the question about what one specific Arturis move that really impacted the Nuggets would be, and that is the fact that Nikola Jokic would not have entered the draft in 2014 if it wasn't for the fact that Arturis Karnasovas was one of the only NBA individuals to go to MegaLex in Serbia to watch him play against Real Madrid, which was his worst professional game in the Adriatic League ever and then convince him to stay in the draft. So the Nuggets do not have Nikola Jokic without Arturis Karnasovis. This whole rebirth and resurgence of Denver Nuggets basketball will not exist without what Arturis brought to the table. When it comes to trying to figure out where you can separate who has done what, Tim Connelly has done a wonderful job of including every single person in that front office in everything they do. Every single decision is made with many cooks in the kitchen and they want it that way. It's Josh Kroenke, it's Tim Connolly, it's Arturus Karnasovis, it's Calvin Booth, who I hope that we get to here in the near future, because Calvin's a really important part of this conversation for both Nuggets and for the Bulls. But that that lineage of coaching staff, front office, and ownership has made all of these decisions collectively. That is what has equipped Arturis to be ready to step into this role more so than other potential candidates out there, in my opinion. So while Tim Connolly, usually the buck pretty much stops with him, Tim empowers every single person. And if you ask Tim Connolly what has allowed the Nuggets to be able to grow in the way that they have, he will immediately point to his staff led by Arturis Karnasovas.
1: I mean, that's great to hear. I mean, the, the fact that he's had such success with drafting a player of Nikola Jokic's caliber and being the driver behind that, I mean, that's that's music to our ears. And I mean, clearly, Karnas Service knows what he's doing from a scouting position. He had a similar role in Houston. And the fact that he's, he's got some pedigree with the Houston Rockets initially attracted, him, attracted me to him the fact that the Houston Rockets are, have been a pole opposite organization to the Chicago Bulls but the Nuggets too have been a, a very progressive organization themselves a one a team that has built through the draft so clearly Connor Service knows what he's doing from a scouting and a drafting standpoint but is there more to that how how aggressive has he been from a a trading uh, stand, uh, standpoint i know getting some free agents into denver can be t- uh, can be tougher sometimes but in terms of the other other ways of building teams and scouting players or going after players whether it's you know outside of the draft how is kind in that in in that span of, of um of, of, how is he in that avenue of, of attracting players
0: i don't know if it's the same for you guys but in my path of reporting of trying to figure out how these trades go down i usually only figure out 10 percent of the entire story and that tends to be something that is pretty common across across most people that I talk to about these things. So it's really hard to say where ideas start, the genesis of it, who made the calls, because again, they rotated through that. They empowered multiple people. So that part's really, really difficult to say. And that's where I fall back on the respect that he has amongst GMs, amongst presidents, amongst scouts, and all of these people in the league office and of that pedigree. Again, when you get a call from a guy like Arturis, you take that very, very seriously. He's not calling you to talk about pop music or cascade he's calling you for a very very real reason and that part i think when you start talking about bringing respect back and being able to make moves and trades at the deadline to get big name free agents to come back to chicago and help you know kind of light a fire under what people keep calling this sleeping giant of an organization he has that ability within him like how often do you see guys like patrick beverly speak out about a front office hire that has nothing to do with their team on Twitter of all kinds of places. So that respect level, I think, is really going to show itself in those places. The scouting, he's going to be fine. Not only in terms of finding high-end talent, but finding guys like Tori Craig in Australia. Finding guys like Vlako Chanchar who are playing in Serbia and then playing in Real Madrid, who can just fill out the roster for really cheap, but provide a whole lot of versatility and another strong locker room guy. So those are the ways that I really see his, um, the respect level that he has gained to be able to impact the Bulls going forward.
2: So, you know, every GM and every VP has bad moves and there's no doubt, you know, he's had pro- I would say definitely two of them. The two trades with Utah were were d- disasters. I mean, you basically created one of your biggest competitors and, you know, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert and giving those assets to them. Uh, but there was one other one that has a bull's tie. The Nuggets were the only other team to actively pursue Dwayne Wade in the summer of 2016. Do you have you ever heard any comments or reasoning from him on those three decisions specifically, I don't view the last one as a mistake. I argue that Dwayne Wade was a uh, completely legit legitimate and, and defensible signing. But I'd like to hear from his perspective. Did he ever comment on any of those three moves?
0: So he didn't comment on them after the fact. Um, After a draft, they, they will have immediate Uh, remarks from the GM and people like that. And I wasn't there for when they traded for the rights to Eric Green, which then turned into Rudy Gobert to go to the Jazz. Um, What I do know is the Donovan Mitchell part of it is that the Nuggets had planned on taking OG and Anobi. He got swooped out from underneath them when the Raptors had traded up. And there was a bit of a, um, where do we go now? And from what I am able to gather, there was a disagreement between Tim Connolly and Arturis about who they should pick. Um, From what I understand, Tim Connolly wanted Tyler Lydon, and from what – and that – Arturis did not. More interestingly enough, that night they did their press conferences separately. So I think that there is a very real level that Arturis did not want to get involved in at least the second Utah deal. So again, this is all something that I'm trying to piece together from multiple different places. So there's nothing completely confirmed here. This is more speculating, but I do believe that we can give a pass to some degree on the Donovan Mitchell part of it. When it comes to the Rudy Gobert part, I think that they really didn't believe that that they were going that there was somebody of that caliber at that spot, and they really thought Trey Lyles could have been a nice piece. That obviously is a bad blemish, and the Dwayne Wade part. Who else were they going to spend that money on? They didn't have anyone else to spend the money on, so why not try and raise your overall level of prestige around the NBA by bringing in a guy like Dwayne Wade, showing him a great time, and letting him talk about how great Denver was on his way out after making $30 million or whatever it was. So that's kind of how I view the Dwayne Wade thing, but I, I really do wonder if Arturis was frustrated about the way that that Donovan Mitchell draft went down.
1: Look, I know you said, TJ, that it's unconfirmed or not completely confirmed that it was a Tim Connolly decision more so than a Karnasovas decision. But in my own mind, I'm treating it as as, as, as it was purely Tim Connolly's decision (laughs) and and that my guy Karnasovas would never do that. So that's the way I'm interpreting that answer or choosing to interpret that answer, which is good to hear. I've convinced myself of that. And let's Bulls fans, let's just pretend that, that, that that was a Connolly decision. But I'm loving this conversation with TJ McBride. We will continue it after the break. But Before that, I want to tell you about this week's sponsor. With currently no NBA, NHL or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, BetOnline, still has hundreds of events, games and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. BetOnline has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can also still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, even Nathan's hot dog eating contest. All open 24 hours a day and all online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. Alright, back to the pod now and back to TJ McBride. And Devin Nuggets beat writer with Mile Higher Sports. He's been kind enough to get on the line here and talk to us about new... The new Bulls vice president of basketball operations, Arturis Karnasovas, and we continue this conversation now. Something that was super interesting to me throughout this whole thing, TJ, was the fact that the Nuggets themselves were really keen in pushing Karnasovas to the Bulls in terms of endorsing him to the Bulls for them to to really land, land that, that job for him. That, that's really interesting to me because... Given everything that we've talked about, how good this guy is as an executive, you would think that they would not want to lose someone like this. And we saw through the, the this recruiting process with Chicago that there were teams denying their guys from actually interviewing. But for the Nuggets, it was completely opposite from what I've read, that they were very instrumental in him sort of pursuing that role but also getting that role. So can you talk us through that that decision making process from a Nuggets perspective? That I guess that speaks to their culture in Denver as well. I'd be interesting to learn a little bit more about that and how the Nuggets actually go about filling the the larger void that Conesus leaves.
0: Yeah, so there's a lot of people and a lot of pieces that lead to that culture that has been built, but every single one of them started with Tim Connolly. He will do everything in his power to see his people continue to get better and better jobs, even if it means it is not with the Denver Nuggets. I'll never forget sitting courtside before a game and kind of just like, you know... Talking randomly with random people who walk by and I was talking with Tim that day and he turned to me and goes, Who's gonna talk about Wes Unsell Jr.? When's someone gonna write about Wes Unsell Jr. who's the Nuggets assistant coach? And it's just so funny to see somebody who knows they have very high level um, individuals and coaching staff and front office but not try and hide them. Not try and put them in the shadows so they don't lose them. They truly and genuinely want the best for all of their guys. You can even go back to when Jameer Nelson was in Denver and they could have traded him for a second round pick but instead they just waived him to let him go wherever he wanted. They traded Malik Beasley and Wancher Hernan Gomez specifically to Minnesota and got involved in that four-team deal knowing that that would be a great place for both of those players to thrive. These are the kind of decisions that the Nuggets have prided themselves on. They build a true community here and they hope that around, you know, later on in time when they really get into the free agency market that all of this goodwill they have given to other teams will then be returned to them. But they do everything in their power to support everybody in that organization to be the best version of themselves with them or without them. And that's a testament to what they do.
2: So the Paul Millsab signing, I would argue that that's about the ceiling that you should expect as a fan of the Denver Nuggets. I think the ceiling is considerably higher in Chicago. Do you agree or disagree with this statement? And do you think there was a certain level of frustration uh, for, for AK for the sevens in that he wasn't able to bring in a, a better free agent. Than Paul Millsap, a very good one, mind you, very good signing in my opinion, but I, I don't think they were legitimately at the table for, for some of the best players for the last, you know, 2015 years
0: and that's always going to be the case I mean I hear it all of the time players talking about having to sit on the team playing while it de-ices during the season before they can even fly to the next city on this first night of a back-to-back getting ready for what is a game 10 hours from then like there is a lot of frustration that exists around Denver and Nuggets fans are going to hate me saying this but it's true I mean people don't want to play in Denver if you can play in Chicago and Again, yes, it's cold in Chicago just like it is in Denver, but the city is six times bigger. There's more food, there's more clubs, there's more music, there's more culture. That's important to these people. And the league is incredibly young overall. These are not people who are trying to relax on the beach in Florida. They want to enjoy themselves in big cities. That's why New York and LA will forever be the king markets in this overall league. It just is what it is. And Chicago is right there. That's why they're always considered that sleeping giant because they're that next massive metropolis that is able to bring in people like this and get high-level free agents. The part that I am most interested in is how does Arturus communicate enough to be able to get these guys to him. The professionalism and the respect is there, but if you have to sell somebody, that part, I don't know. Like, I, I'm not saying he can or can't. I just truly don't know. And for someone who's stoic and short-winded and monotone in how they talk to people, that might be difficult. But overall, the, the, the lure of Chicago will always be double, if not triple, what it is Denver. And that is just the reality of basketball, and it has always been the reality of basketball.
1: So I think everything that you have said, TJ. Everything that I've read, uh, it, it's clear that Kanasovis was the right man for the job. It's clear that his resume speaks for itself, and that we as Bulls fans should be excited about what he has done in the past, and maybe thinking about how that maybe transfers over to Chicago. But thinking maybe next steps ahead as to now that we've got Kanasovis in place, it appears that John Paxson is going back in, back into the organization as in in an, in, in an advisory type role. I guess now the question turns to as to what Kanasov will do with the rest of his team, and he's been given full autonomy autonomy to build out the rest of his team. Do you have any ideas or guesses as to who Kanasov may bring with him to chicago he has he obviously has ties from around the league and is extremely well respected but is there a chance that he will poach some staff from Denver, whether that's the the coaching staff, whether that's from the front office? or do you think it's more likely that'll come from other organizations?
0: So the immediate thought that came into my head when I thought about coaching in particular was not a coach with Denver now, but a coach that was once with Denver who is now with New Orleans in Chris Finch. Chris Finch has not been a hot commodity type of a name as a potential head coach, but he's the one who made Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins work together in the front court beautifully on offense. He's the one that unlocked Nikola Jokic originally. He was the one that got the most out of Drew Holiday. He is a brilliant offense. Offensive mind and someone that he has connections to, and when you talk about a front court of Wendell Carter with all the fundamentals and all the skills he has, and Larry Markkinen with how unique he is, you can really envision a potential of him talking to Chris Finch about let's build something long term because Chris Finch was here in Denver when the Nuggets were developing not when they were winning you're talking two and a half three years ago when Nikola Jokic had just burst out on the scene that was so much of Chris Finch's doing when I look at the potential GM opportunity the part that I am so interested in is what does this mean for Calvin Booth because Calvin Booth has been growing in a ra- at a rapid pace. When you ask Tim Connolly about their assistant GM Calvin Booth, who played for Minnesota and played for a few teams and was a scout with New Orleans and has been around the league for the past decade or so, everyone has nothing but great things to say about him. So I would assume that Arturis is going to try to bring over Calvin Booth from Denver to be his general manager. I also know the Nuggets would like Calvin Booth to be their general manager to step into the shoes of Arturis Karnasovic, so that's going to to be a very interesting situation. The Nuggets will not they will not decline the interview. I would be extremely surprised if they went that far, but they want Calvin Booth to stay, and Arturas knows how good he is. So that'll be really interesting. The last name that came into my head was one of the Nuggets leaders of analytics, Tommy Balchettis, who is also a Lithuanian, who is also somebody who is extremely analytically forward, an absolute brilliant individual, someone that I just, it's one of those people that when they talk to you, you just listen and just don't talk because there's just so much knowledge coming out of them that you don't want want to interrupt so I assume that he would try and bring him with him as well but that's kind of more speculating the Calvin Booth thing I think is very very real but the Chris Finch and the Tommy Balchettis part is me kind of speculating for sure
2: so I got two really quick questions before I have to head out and I can't tell you how much I appreciate the time you've given us TJ number one I could tell you're familiar with the Bulls roster based on your knowledge of the uh you know Karnasova's philosophy are there any players on this roster that you see possible, you know, possibly friction with him and you know, possibly gonna be moved just due to the fact they're not a great fit with what he believes in, number one? And that other name I keep on hearing is Adrian Adrian Griffith. What do you think about that potential hire as a head coach? So I like the
0: idea of the hire. I just don't know enough about his philosophies about how he would build a team. And whenever you start as a new executive leading a team, hiring a college coach is a big risk. It's a very difficult thing to be able to transition in that way. So for me, I would be surprised if he went that route. But again, that's me kind of throwing darts at a board because maybe he has a much better connection to him that I just don't know about. I think he would be better off trying to find an NBA head coach who has the ability to understand what players need in this environment as opposed to a college environment, which is just so, so different. So that's one thing that I definitely think they would do. I wonder if he calls Igor Kokoskov, um, the you know the Suns head coach at the time who got dropped into just one of the worst situations you could even fathom. Um, he is a very, very good coach if he is given the right circumstances, so I wonder if he makes that call. But overall, when it comes to that, it's hard to say when it comes to Griffin. Uh, When it comes to looking at the Bulls roster, I really wonder what he thinks about Chris Dunn. Chris Dunn's a great defender. I don't know if he is efficient or a good enough decision maker for Arturis to feel comfortable with him running the show as often as he does. I think he's going to like Denzel Valentine, so I think you're going to see more of him. I think he's going to really like Thomas Sadaransky, so you're going to see more of him. And the front court is going to get so much more love. Wendell Carter is one of my favorite like underrated players in the league right now. He's one of those guys that's going to get a really cheap second contract and then just blow up. He has so many skills. He is just waiting to become that Al Horford type. And when you add in Laurie Markkinen and his ability to handle the ball, shoot the ball, and be able to get downhill and finish at the rim, there is so much potential there if Zach Levine is willing to work on his decision-making like Jamal Murray has had to. So I see a a picture of a Bulls team that can be really fun, really smart, high IQ, high character guys who are playing the right way. But I do wonder if Chris Dunn's the guy. Um, It's going to be very interesting to see how that goes.
2: I loved what he said about Denzel Valentine.
1: You You said the magic words. Yeah, I was just about to say, Freddie, TJ said the magic words, Denzel Valentine. I mean, TJ, you may not be aware of this, but Denzel Valentine is Fred's favorite player of all time.
0: (laughs) I have a soft spot in my heart, and I also, Gary Harris is in Denver, and him and Denzel are good friends, so I've heard a lot about Denzel, but I still believe, ankle injuries be damned, I still believe in Denzel Valentine.
2: TJ, you're a brilliant man. We gotta have him on more often, (laughs) I tell you, He should be a regular guest.
1: No, no, that's that, that's fair enough. But uh, look, look, we've kept you long enough, TJ. I appreciate you coming on, mate, and I think you've just given us a ton of insight. And I, I do think, kind of service as an executive. He's everything the Bulls need. It sounds like he's going to to bring in the right kind of stuff. I, I'm I'm going to go out there and say that actually Adrian Griffin will be the Bulls' next coach. Uh, I I'm going to I'm going to make that hot co- hot take that hot take right now because they do have a, a history. I, I believe in, in playing together in the past, and obviously Adrian Griffin has been an assistant coach in the NBA. He has ties to the Bulls. So I'm I'm just going to go out there and say it. But look. Aside from that hot take, I I, I thank you for jumping on this pod right now and sharing all the information that you have sort of amassed in your years in covering the Denver Nuggets. Fred Fred and I most certainly have learned a ton from listening to you, and I'm sure our listeners have as well. So thank you for jumping on the podcast. Can I ask one
2: more question before we go? Do you mind A Denver-related question. What was wrong with Gary Harris this year? I mean, I actually felt like Doug McDermott – played better this season than Gary Harris. So Gary Harris has been
0: like light years ahead of Doug McDermott defensively. So I'll I'll leave that part there. Um, But Gary Harris has had, I believe it was 22 lower body injuries or something like that in the past like four years. He has has had, had at least 12 in the past year and a half. When you have that many lower body injuries, the shot goes away. And it's just you have no rhythm anymore. So I really think that Gary Harris, you saw him really grow after the All-Star break. Because he was hurt before it, and then he had rest during the All-Star break, and then he hit the ground running after it and was shooting like 50% from three again. So I do think it's the injuries. I don't think there's any issue with Gary Harris beyond that. I think he's actually a very good
2: shooter. But we'll just have to wait and see if he actually gets better or not. Okay, that's good to hear, because I'd hate to think that Pax actually won that trade. Pax did not win that trade. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you do
0: not win a trade when you send out Yusef Nurkic and Gary Harris, and you get back a guy who refuses to come back to the league, and Doug McDermott, who it took six years to get good, and is no longer there. You don't get to win that deal.
2: Well, well, yeah, well yeah, that's true, but he is a, a good rotation piece uh, for Fred, Indiana. stop. You're
1: embarrassing me, right, <laughs> Hey.
2: <laughs> DJ let's talk about Doug let's let's talk about uh, Denzel Valentine again soon
0: all right <laughs> <Anytime>. <laughs> I will preach the greatness of Denzel Valentine anytime.
1: <laughs> yeah. well I mean that is a perfect place to end it we've now got the guy that fleeced Gar Pax in terms of that Doug McDermott trader it's probably remiss of me not to bring it up earlier but uh, that is a perfect place to end it but again thank you TJ for coming on before you get away mate plug your stuff tell people where they can find you online obviously you cover the you cover the nuggets where can people follow your work
0: yeah so go subscribe to the Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast part of the Blue Wire podcast network go to MileHighSports.com and read all the words that I write I'm on Twitter at TJ McBride NBA where I tweet far too often so that's about it for me though thanks for having me on man it was a ton of fun
1: no thank you thank you again mate Uh, we really do appreciate it here and uh, thank you for jumping on and Bulls fans hopefully you've enjoyed this podcast and you're a little bit more informed on who kind of service is as a person what he's done in the past as an executive and what he may do for the Bulls going forward so thanks again to TJ for coming on Fred thank you for joining me as always while you're out there following TJ do the same for Fred and I at MK Hoops at CBE Fred follow the show too on Twitter as well at Bulls HQ pod. If you want to send us an email, you can do so by sending us an email at Bulls HQ pod at gmail.com. If you want to send us an idea, a question, if you want to be part of the discord forum, do all that, send us an email. But until then, this has been Bulls HQ. We hope you enjoyed this one. We hope you are staying safe out there, Bulls fans, and we'll speak again very soon.